What's up, everybody? This is Keith from the Bronx Lounge. Thanking you for tuning in to today's episode as Cav and I break down all things Yankees baseball and have a great time. Check us out on all social platforms at the Bronx Lounge for daily Yankee content and to join the awesome community we hope to build. We hope you enjoy this episode just as much as we enjoy making it. And without further ado, sit back, relax, and let's talk some Yankees in the Bronx Lounge. The Yankees come out of the All-Star break and lose a series that might be worse than the series they lost going into the All-Star break. Hello and welcome back to the Bronx Lounge Podcast. We have Keith back here. We'll start off with how was your vacation? How was your couple days of rest uh, and relaxation? Man, it was definitely deserving for the uh, type of stress I just had to get put through from this past weekend. But uh, it was actually a really nice vacation. I got some sun poisoning. That was not fun. Uh, that was, no, that was brutal. Yeah. Uh, I'm still dealing with, like, some pretty irritated and, like, peeling and all that right now. So my skin's kind of, you know bothering me and so are the Yankees so this has not been really this past few days have not been shaped up to uh to uh, some good stuff but um it was a good vacation overall so thanks for asking Cav uh Cav I just want to ask you I mean good morning but uh I, I want to ask you I mean are you also getting kind of sick and tired of feeling like this shitty mood after every series we play now because I mean this is just another another series loss in an ugly in a really ugly way I mean we also we just had another worst loss of the season so I mean I don't know how do you feel yeah, I want, I want to continue to believe that this team isn't bad, but I, I think they are. I, yeah. I just, I, I think, you know, I think they have some individual, you know, pitchers, you know, that, that pitch well, and they have some individual offensive, you know, outbursts from time to time. But I think overall, the ins and outs of these games, this team is just bad. And I think this third game uh, on Sunday really exemplified some of those things for me. And, and yeah, it, it sucks. It sucks having to come on here these last couple of podcasts they never win <laughs> these series wow. coming out we had a you know a pretty somber podcast um for the cubs recap and then you know for anyone who listened to my grading of you know every player in the first half i mean not a lot of players had high grades and that's for you know good reason and you can disagree with some of my you know takes but i think you know it's pretty you know well agreed upon in the yankee community that most of these guys have underperformed greatly so far and you know to continue to lose these series this is a series against you know a really bad Colorado Rockies team that you know their pitching staff is absolutely horrendous and the Yankees just can't find a way to get two games with with Garrett Cole and Carlos Rodon being starters of two of these games so definitely yeah. not a great mood yeah definitely and this is one of those series, especially when you're right next to the, uh, you know, middle of the year All Star break just just finished up. Deadlines, deadlines going to be the big buzz now for the next couple of weeks. You know who's going where. You know Shohei Otani's all over the place right now. Bellinger and and Juan Soto are big names. So you know a lot of names out there. And these are uh, these are the series where around this time is where, uh, is where you know the deadline's going to be your is going to be your saving grace because. You know, a, a change needs to happen in, in in this team. Whether it's 
whether it's just adding another player or letting go of someone because just you clearly can tell i mean if you're dropping two out of three against the rockies where your offense goes one at least one for six with runners in scoring position against a six era pitching staff i mean like you know your questions are going to be through the roof right there and i mean it's just around this time where you know what kind of pieces are, can you add or get rid of that can just make you become a contender because right now this is this team is one of the least contending teams I have this is this Yankees team is the least contending team I've ever watched as a Yankee fan like I've watched some pretty bad teams aside from like even teams even the even the years where they didn't make the playoffs I was more confident in them making the playoffs than right now I don't know they just look this is not a good stretch of baseball for sure um you know it was it was going to be a real like you know how to like what? What's the momentum going to be when you get a new hitting coach right at right right off the right off the jumps? It's pretty much like a whole new year. You know, starting off the second half of the year, new hitting coach. See what we see what kind of offensive display we can get, and you just got that in Colorado. So I, I don't. That was that was that was really uh, pretty annoying. Not gonna lie. Yeah, I think you bringing up the trade deadline is a really good segue into a couple of the housekeeping pieces because I think you know these pieces do play into you know what the Yankees might do or not do at the deadline and you know if if for for anyone who listens to this podcast you know you know that I'm very pessimistic about the Aaron Judge situation probably more than you know a lot of others and we actually got maybe some good news on Friday Um, you know he, he actually took BP in Colorado before the game he was out you know in the outfield as well said you know that he you know, felt okay afterwards, you know, you know, it didn't seem like it was anything major, but, you know, Meredith Morakovitz and the Yes Network in the pregame took this, you know, pretty far because, you know, for him to go out and take BP, I guess, is kind of a step. And this does play into the deadline because I really think that what they decide to do all hinges on when they think they're going to get Aaron Judge back. Did you, you know, when, when you heard the Judge news, did, did you, you know, look at this as a positive? Is this, you know, a big step for him or... You know, did you, do you still kind of feel like, you know, you know, we might still be, you know, a ways away? I think that's the biggest update you can possibly get right now. I think that's just the, like, because a week and a half ago, you know, he's, he barely was able to walk out of the dugout on a perfect game. So, you know, that's, it's the, uh, you know, the adjustment from going from that to now being able to take BP. That's, you know, that's the only update you could possibly, that's the only update you'd want. So, I mean... You know, it's still, once again, it's still, you know, what, you know, you don't know the timetable. It, 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 it could be just Aaron Judge trying to just wanting to get back out there just because that's who, that's who Aaron Judge is. And, you know, this team is putrid without him. But um, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think that's just, I think that was, I think that's a really uplifting uh, update. But I don't, I wouldn't, I would take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, I, I'm kind of the same. I kind of feel the same way. I don't know if I'm ready to jump on the, you know, we're, you know, a week or two away for from him, you know, being back in this lineup and on the and on the roster. I, I'm not going that far, but it was definitely nice to see. I mean, him to go out and take BP is is real. I mean, it's not him, you know, doing sprints or, you know, him doing some T work and you know the stupid you know updates that we've had you know up to this point. Taking BP is real. So, you know, for him to go out and, you know, actually swing the bat, see some, you know, see some pitches, you know, feel the torque is definitely, you know, moving in the right direction. But I'm not totally ready, you know, to go that far as well. And, you know, the other piece of housekeeping that, you know, everybody wants the Yankees, you know, to trade Donaldson. 
there's really nobody that's going to be you know willing to take his no. contract unless you're going to sell off other assets, which no I don't think he's going to want to do. Now it makes it even you know it makes that situation even a little weirder because he goes on the IL with the calf strain. They bring up Oswald Peraza, and you know if Peraza is going to play well, which you know in the third game on Sunday we saw a couple of really good things from him. We also saw a really bad thing from him. But if he's going to play well. The Yankees, you know, I could see them continuing to phantom IL him, um, you know, kind of keep Donaldson off the radar for a little bit, and you know, no, and this kind of makes getting off of him a little bit harder in terms of trading. Now they always had the DFA option, but you know that you know we know that they wait until you know the absolute last second before they do something like that, aka Aaron Hicks. So I think that you know the Donaldson injury also makes the deadline a little bit more interesting. Yeah, definitely, and he's a huge, he's a whole, I mean, the third base is a, is a hole that needs to be filled, um, you know, there's, he's, he's also an unpredicted, unpredictable guy, you know, what, what they're, what they'll possibly do with him, uh, they just, he's, he's now on the IL, or not on the IL, but he's, uh, he's getting evaluated to, you know, see what happens with him, but he just strained his calf in, uh, I think it was game two, so, um, yeah, it's not really, uh, not really all great for him, uh, and then they just called up Peraza as well. So yeah, I don't, you know, what could be the shift with Donaldson? Uh, he's, I, I don't really, I don't, I'm surprised you've seen people wanting to trade him because I don't. There's no way. There's absolutely zero way you're going to get any trade offer for that. Like, yeah, for for you to be able to get off of him in a trade, you're going to have to give up other assets. You're going to have to trade him and prospects just to get off of this contract. Yeah. And I just, I don't see the Yankees doing that. Yeah, no, not not at all. I don't, I don't see that. And, Donaldson is, uh, you know, he's he's gonna have to deal with it now. A bit of a calf injury to see what happens there. Um, Nestor Cortez uh, last Sunday he threw twenty pitch a twenty pitch simulated game, and he says he is totally pain free. So we're looking at a Nestor Cortez appearance, possibly gonna rejoin the rotation in middle to late August. Actually, like first first week to middle August uh, is around where we'll see. Nestor Cortez, so he's going to continue. He's close. He's getting closer and closer to a rehab start. Um, so a very positive update right there on a pitching another pitching staff member that we could uh, we could definitely use. But, now, before uh, you go to the next one, I do have a question for you because I brought this up on the podcast in the middle of the week on the grading episode, but obviously you weren't here, so I couldn't give I couldn't get your opinion. When Nestor comes back, somebody's going to have to come out of the rotation, and I brought up you know possible Severino bullpen option who you know what what's your opinion on that is there is there you know somebody else you'd rather see you know maybe kick to the bullpen taking out of the rotation or is it is it is it Sevy right now uh, that would hurt me to say to put Sevy in the bullpen over a guy like Clark I would put Clark in the bullpen over over Sevy but uh, uh with the way Clark's been kind of pitching uh yeah i don't know i wouldn't put seven i would put i would probably put me personally i put clark in the bullpen we've seen clark in the bullpen he's he came up as a bullpen guy uh, i mean obviously he's a, he's more of a starter and he's he's better as a starter than he was a bullpen guy but i think with now with more experience and more control and you know finding a finding his zone and confidence i think we can kind of trust clark more in the bullpen uh than before we have um and i mean you're not going to take domingo out i mean if i think domingo's been you know, if it hasn't been for Garrett Cole, Domingo's been your best pitcher this year. So, you know, uh, you're not going to take Domingo out. Uh, Severino, I just – Severino's one of those guys where I don't 
I don't know. That's such an interesting thing. I never actually thought of that. Now that you actually bring that up, I never thought of putting Seth. Like, I, I don't like. I don't know. That's an interesting one. Yeah. So when he came back from injury a couple years ago, they put him in the bullpen towards the end of the year. But he was coming back from injury, so they were obviously ramping him up. Now there is one other nugget that. Now, again, I think I agree with you. I think Clark Schmidt is more of a seamless transition if I was the one who was making the decision. I think it might actually be Severino, though, in the Yankees' eyes because it did, you know, a report did come out yesterday that uh, Severino is going to pitch out of the stretch in his start today. Um, oh, wow. So if that is, you know, maybe it's just him trying, you know, to work through mechanics, maybe trying to make an adjustment. Maybe he's getting ready to come out of the bullpen and maybe pitch – you know, out of the stretch in the bullpen. I don't know, but it, it was it was definitely a weird nugget for me to see that. Plus, with you know the the good Nestor report, you know him, you know ramping up, looking like he's going to be you know coming back in a couple of weeks. I think it might be Severino right now. Even though I think I agree with you, I think Clark is a more seamless transition because, like you said, he's done it before. He came up in the bullpen. You know, he's used to being you know coming out of the bullpen. And even though he's been good, I just think it's a more seamless transition. I mean, I think Severino is a starter. You know at the end of the day. So I, I just thought that was a weird nugget to, to hear that, you know, he'll be pitching out of the stretch in his start today. That is really, that is actually a big point. And, you know, yeah, who knows? I, I never, I personally never thought of a Severino bullpen. That's, that's different because I mean, the way he's, the way he's been pitching, I mean, any, I don't know. That's not, it's no, you can't have starts like that anymore. So, I mean, any sort of, you know, leeway you can get away from that. That's, you know, Oh, you can grab, but not really anything else in the housekeeping wise. Uh, that was kind of, you know, not really a whole lot of, unless you have any updates. I don't have any updates. Um, I know there's a, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, it's actually not a player update, but I wanted to get this out of the way now. Um, we normally do this towards the end, but um, I don't know if everyone's noticed. The Yankees are in last place in the AL East right now. Um, Oof. They're tied with the Boston Red Sox at 50 and 44, but obviously they haven't played well against Boston. So Boston's got the tiebreaker. They're both nine games back of Tampa. But the New York Yankees, as we sit today on Monday, July 17th, are in last place in the AL East. This is the first time since August 23rd, 1992, that they have been in last place in the AL East this late in the season. 92. It's been I mean, 20. It's been 21 years. Yeah, and I mean, people might think we're being, 30. you know, we're like overreacting if you know I say this is a bad team, and I mean they're in last place in the American League East right now. So. Crazy. That that is a crazy stat. That's a really good pull by you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, dude. I actually that's I'm I was uh I was looking at that in my stats collection today. But uh yeah, I mean that's uh it's pretty embarrassing. And uh your guy that's leading the way is saying comments like, um, I'm not worried about where we are. Uh it's all in front of us, we don't have to go on an incredible run. We all know what that we have to play better. Well yeah, no shit. This is like say the exact same thing every single series lost, dude. And I feel like Aaron Boone is a huge Huge picking point, I feel like, in this uh, in this series, and uh, really, he's been he's going to be getting a lot of shade now. It's it's you know this is starting to really kind of take a toll for the worse on Aaron Boone because not only is his team performing incredibly bad uh, at an at an all time bad, you know, he's making these decisions that's just you know out of this like you know he's putting lineups together and bringing bol- bringing guys in, in in certain situations that you're like you know. Like Booney, what the hell, dude? Like, what are you doing? I have not been a uh, Boone fan this past week. I don't know if you have, but yeah, again, I'm not. I'm not super crazy about Boone either. I actually want to talk for a second about that comment that you just brought up. 
how how can you not be worried? I, I mean, you yeah. Look, you look at the four guys who are above you in the division. They're all going to buy at the deadline. The only one that's a little bit iffy is the Boston Red Sox, but they're an aggressive team. So if they feel like they have a chance to be in playoffs, we know that they're aggressive and they will go out and make moves. You know Tampa's going to go and make moves. They don't even really have to. They're so good. You know Toronto's going to go out and make moves. Baltimore has, you know, sneakily now put themselves in the Shohei Otani sweepstakes. You know they're going to make, you know, moves to, to make themselves better. Every single team ahead of you is going to make themselves better at the deadline. And you continue to struggle. You can't even beat the Colorado Rockies. So how, how in your right mind are you not worried about this team right now? One hundred percent. And these are the and this is the exact I've like Cash between Cashman and Booney and Hal. These are the exact same comments they have every single year when we get in these stretches where they think the plan is right there. They think the future is right there. They just need a little bit more runway. And this, when's the runway going to be ending? We are now in the second half of the season. Yes, second half liftoffs, there's always that. I understand. But at the same time, dude, there's just this the way this team is in this this is a this is an older, broken down Yankees injured filled injury riddled team with with backups who aren't even proven MLB legit players. Like these are this is one of the most unbalanced, unconstructed line, like lineups that we've had in almost a decade, and yet we get we continue to tell fans and we're getting told every single time we lose a series or a player goes down or you know we get into these games where we get in these slumps where we're losing 13 out of 15 games you know like we're gonna get these exact same comments where you know we have a we have that we have the team to build it together clearly not if they haven't put it together for the entire year it's and it's just a common theme that those three have been running for the past five years now, and it's, you know, I don't understand. They, I, I wonder if this year they're going to kind of finally realize where the frustration comes from because they've, they've, been, they've been just avoiding all of that, all of the media, all of the all of the frustration from by everyone. They've been avoiding it all year and trying to stick with their plan, and it's, it just goes to show that it's not working. So, uh, yeah, uh, I, don't, I wonder if they'll uh, kind of figure out where the uh, frustration comes from right there. Yeah, I mean, your last place New York Yankees, your judgeless, last place, lifeless New York Yankees go into Colorado and they lose two out of three. And it starts with game one, Carlos Rodon on the mound. He didn't look good. The slider was dead. It, You can't, it's fine. He's coming back from injury. It's only his second start. The Yankees' offense goes quiet. Glaber singles the other way to open up the game, and then a Stanton two-run homer. And this was the first game with Sean Casey as the hitting coach. They showed Sean Casey when Stanton hit the home run. He's they were pumped, all going crazy. Dude. He was pumped. Fucking oh, oh my God. Maybe this offense is going to turn it around with Sean Casey. They, you know, first two guys get on, and they score two runs on the Stanton home run. Against Austin Gomber, who had an ERA in the sevens coming into this game for the Colorado Rockies. Once again, a horrible pitching team in the Colorado Rockies. Austin Gomer has had an ERA in the sevens. They score two runs on him in the first inning off the Stanton home run. They do nothing else the rest of the game. Rodon didn't have it. King gives up the, the home run to Chris Bryant late to really seal the deal. A, a rough Yankees loss in game one just be, you know, be, to me because you score two runs in the first inning off the homer. That should give you momentum. You should be able to score, you know, some more runs in this game. This should have been a game, you know, even if Rodon struggled, that the Yankees win 
because of how bad this rotation is for Colorado. But they put up two runs in the first, and then once again, like we've seen many a times this year with the Yankees so far, they just don't do anything else afterwards. Yeah, a couple of like picks and pieces from this game that I did like slash didn't like. Um, I personally, uh, Rodon did not do great. He did not start great. Let's say that he did not start great. I thought he kind of found his rhythm just a little bit towards the end of that. Um, he did not start great for sure. That's a that's that's a hundred percent. And I mean, you're gonna expect starts like that. It's just how it goes. It's the exact same. It's a, it's a common theme theme with players coming back. You know, they're gonna you know. We say it a billion times on here. It's just players coming back. Get their bad juju out of the way. Um, I thought a couple... I, I saw a couple good things. Um, not that there was really many, but a couple good things. Um, you know, a Torres three-hit game is always, you know, always going to stick out at you. And a DJ multi-hit game um, is always going to stick out. And, you know, him, Stanton, and Torres, you know, if, uh, if we get multi-hit games out of them... Uh, with a hidden coach coming back or a new, a brand new hidden coach. That's always a positive sign to see from, from that. But, um, not yeah. Other than that, not really much else to take out of this game. One for seven with runners in scoring position. Uh, Rodon just didn't look great. Um, yeah. And the King, you know, that King slipped it away with a, with the home run. So, you know, the game just slipped away from them. Uh, the offense, you know, common theme, same thing, same exact thing as every single game. I feel like just offense goes dead. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know about you, but I don't really have too much to take out of game one. Um, just another like you know, a six, a six ERA staff that you go, you go blank against is pretty. It's a pretty bad look on you. Yeah, there's just there's one more one nugget that I kind of want to touch on from this game. Uh, Jake Storiali of John Boy Media touched on this on one of his podcasts, and I actually totally agree with him. Um, and I, I thought it a little bit in real time and then as he kind of talked about it, it it made you know way more sense to me and it, it, and it angered me a little bit and this is going to be the first point of this series for Boone that I didn't agree with going to Michael King there um, you know you're down by two runs I understand that you are being aggressive you know you're, you're trying to stay in that game you're trying to keep the lead at two runs give your offense a chance to score and in the past we have harped on Booney for bringing in guys like Nick Ramirez in spots like that and totally just giving it up. The only reason I kind of disagreed with going to King is because King has kind of been used this year as, you know, a multi-inning guy, and you're pretty much only going to see him once a series. He's going to throw 40 pitches and about two innings in a game, and then you're not going to see him for the rest of the series. So you go to King here, he gives up the two runs, the game's over, and then, you know, uh, it, it is definitely a lot of hindsight's 2020, but you end up throwing, yeah, but you end up throwing guys like Clay Holmes and Canely back-to-back days in games two and three, and obviously hindsight's 2020, but neither of those guys had it on Sunday. You end up giving up the lead, and that was the first time Canely had thrown back-to-back this year. I, I kind of feel like you could have went to, to one of your higher leverage guys in that two-run spot instead of King. You might have been able to save him for Game 2 or even Game 3. And, you know, the bullpen workload would have been, you know, th- would have been dealt out a little bit better if you had Michael King available in those two games. I mean, maybe you go to Ronnie there. Maybe, you know, maybe you, maybe go, you go to, go to Tommy. Maybe Tommy Canely, exactly. But with Michael King, he's such a weapon in that he gives you, you know, two or three innings of work. 
but then he's pretty much unavailable for the rest of the series. So if you use him in a game one that you're already losing, then he's unavailable for the next two games of the series that you could possibly win. Again, I'm 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 happy that they didn't go to a guy like Nick Ramirez or Alberto Abreu to, to you know completely conceal the game and give it to Colorado. I just think it could have been somebody else, and I think it would have set them up a lot better for the last two games of the year. So it's not really a you know screaming at Boone move because again I I I'm, I'm happy that they went with one of their bigger guys, but I just think King was the wrong guy. It's a good point, man. I'm not gonna lie, that was a that's a good point. Uh, I. You know, King is. <clears throat> that's a. I, like, really think about that now. That's a good point because King, you know, our top three, you know, Wandy King and, and Clay, you know, <clears throat> so many different situations that you bring him in. And, you know, I feel like Booney is just so back and forth with those types of situations because, you know, like you said, one day we see a situation like that and you see Nick Ramirez come in. And then the next, the exact same situation, but Clay Holmes comes in. It's like, what, like, what sense does that make? And then, you know, another way around. I don't know. Uh, the bullpen has been – that's going to be a, another big talking point, I feel like, this series. Um, they didn't have their greatest series. Uh, and, I mean, there's kind of a big reason behind it, but uh, we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, we were just talking about bullpen, who we would flip to the bullpen, but I think the only reason why I was kind of hesitant on answering who would we flip to the bullpen was because of the start by Clark. And Clarky had a very good start, I'm not going to lie. Uh, eight strikeouts and six innings pitched, two earned runs, three hits. Hey, man, that's, uh, you know, we uh, we got some inconsistency. We get some inconsistency all year round from Clarkie, but that's a, that's a hell of a start right there. Yeah, I mean, he had the balk that scored, you know, the run early on. He was really unsettled early in the game, and then he just got better and better, and he really shut it down. He was able to give the Yankees a little bit of length. They were able to score some, you know, obviously they were able to score all six of their runs in the first two innings, give him some cushion. Um, you know, he gave up the one nothing lead in the bottom half of the first, and then they scored five in the top half of the second. So, you know, he didn't start an inning in this game where he didn't have a lead. And I think that was important for him. But, yeah, I mean, he was great in this game. He was able to give them some length. He really settled down after a little bit of a shaky start. Only gave up three hits in six innings. I mean, this Colorado Rockies team is bad, but they can hit, especially at home. So for him to only give up three hits, it, it was a really, really good start for him. And, you know, you look at, you know, his his overall season now. I mean, his ERA is now down to 4-3-1. So he's back now, you know, to, to a just about league average starter. And, again, after the absolutely horrendous start he had to the year, Again, it's it's been a little bit inconsistent, like you said, but Clark does give the Yankees opportunities to win these games, and he, and he was shut down in this outing. Yeah, it starts like that. That just kind of that kind of solidifies him in for another while, and um, yeah, good start from Clarky. Um, the offense comes through a little bit. That was uh, that was pretty cool. Stanton keeps his tear going. His thousandth RBI picked up on an Apo Taco bomb. That was pretty fun. Uh, DJ with a three-hit game this time, so that's a you know very positive sign to see uh, a five-hit weekend from DJ. Um, there's been a bit of conversation, um, not so much, and not just in this game, but I'm talking about in general this series and you know this past however long. A big conversation that has been buzzing around the Yankees um, in a pretty pissed-off way. Uh, you know, given mf of the week on Talking Yanks, uh, Anthony Rizzo has been very, very sluggish and, like, just, um, what's the word? Very, um, I don't know, a, pretty much a bit of a liability at the plate. And not saying, not going to go overboard and just say, 
DFA him, you know. But he's looked bad. He's uh, he's in a fat homerless streak. Still hasn't homered since that Red Series. Um, can the neck injury play it? Who knows? But Rizzo has been quite a uh, quite a bit of a conversation. Yeah, I mean, he's one of the guys normally in the middle of the lineup that you want up in big spots. And I, I brought this up, I think, on the last two podcasts. But when we were at the game um, last Sunday at the stadium against the Cubs, it was a big spot, couple guys on, and Billy McKinney came up to the plate with DJ on deck. And I, I looked at you and I said, normally, you know, we'd be, you know, cursing the air right now that, you know, DJ wasn't coming up to the plate in this spot. But right now, kind of happy that maybe it's Billy McKinney. And even though Billy McKinney's been really bad, we don't have to talk about that. The point still stands. I kind of feel the same way about Rizzo right now. He's not there's no, there's not a ton of confidence when he goes up to the plate right now, and that is a really scary thing. Without Judge right now, Stan is looking like he's you know heating up a little bit. Maybe we see some good stuff out of DJ, but Rizzo is still a cog in the middle of that lineup. And for you know for me to every time he goes up to the plate in a bigger spot, not feel confident in him to you know get the job done is definitely concerning for this team. Yeah, and I mean, you really kind of, you know, now I'm clicking it in my head, you really kind of think, like, you know, you almost kind of have to expect how this team's success is so bad or, like, you know, so minimal is the fact that, you know, you know, guys like Rizzo, you know, Rizzo, Stanton, and Donaldson, let's put those those three right there are your three, four, fives. And those are your, you know, aside from Stanton's little stretch, you know, those are your three worst hitters, like, in this in this like month like month like one of your three worst hitters in this monthly span, so I mean you really you had I mean you almost should expect how your off how your offense is this bad when you got those guys clogging up the three four five every day. I mean yeah once again, aside from Stanton's little stretch right now and you know what we saw previously from Rizzo, but you know those are like you know it's just it's 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 really getting frustrating when you have that much lack of production at your top you know, the top of your, at the top of your lineup, because it's, you know, what's the point of you even just clocking it all up when you're not going to provide anything. So, uh, yeah, Rizzo's been, uh, Rizzo's been a bit of a talking piece. He's been a huge all over Twitter. Definitely. Um, that's for sure. Uh, but Yankees at least were able to take game two. Um, they use some bullpen arms, uh, in this game, Wandy, Tommy and Clay. Wandy, uh, Wandy, we didn't really, I feel like in like the past like month, we haven't really seen so much like crazy stuff from Wandy and you know we haven't really seen him make as like a much much appearances and all that so and he he ended off the first half of the year bad um and he, he had a nice smooth sailing inning but it's uh I feel like the second half is gonna be pretty big for Wandy and uh especially the way that this bullpen has been kind of you know twisting and turning right now twisting and turning right now uh we need a big hat we need a big second half out of Wandy I think that's a huge thing yeah I mean you know, it's a great point that you bring up because we haven't seen a ton of Wandy. You know, it seems like he's been a little bit under the radar, you know, these last couple of weeks, these last couple of series. I think they were really trying to get him some rest. He comes out of the break and, you know, under the radar, he's had a couple of good outings in a row. So I think we're, you know, starting to get back to good Wandy, and that's obviously really important for this bullpen. So I hope they don't, you know, go back to overworking him. I hope, you know, they continue to use him in good spots where, you know, he could be successful and, you know, to be the pitcher that he was, you know, for the start of the year before, you know, it looked like he started really fatiguing. Yeah, for sure. Um, nothing else really to take out of game two. Um, you know, Clarkie pitched good and the offense was able to come through and your bullpen was able to hold it down. But uh, game three, let's get into game 
three. This is now probably the worst loss of the season. Yes. This is um, this was painful to say the least. So I wasn't even I was listening to it. I was uh, they probably the reason why they lost. I was at a Mets game, so that's probably why they. Uh, that's probably why. But yeah, I was listening to it, and my man, I I was I was pissed sitting in City Field, dude. I was absolutely livid. The thing I'm here like from Sterling, what I'm hearing, like, you know, you bring in Nick Ramirez in the tenth inning, you know, like, just the pitching just absolutely unfolds on you again. I mean, it, just what an ugly loss. I mean, you have two two run leads after the eighth inning, and you blow them off off home runs. Uh, we had to you had to sit through a painful John Flaherty uh, the entire broadcast. So, you know what a what a horrendous game. Yeah, before we get into all the crap, I, I love that point about John Flaherty bring up. I actually really like him as a second guy. I think he, he has some really good stories, some good insight. But as as the play by play, as a play by play, it's it's dry as hell. Oh, it's really hard to so bad. I like him on yeah. I, I like the pregame. Yes, keep him keeping keep him keep him on the pregames. Keep him on the keep him on the color commentary. But play by play, dude. Yeah, that's not his thing. Not his thing at all. All right, I have to unload about this game. I have a lot of stuff to say about this game. I watched this game. Yeah, man, go ahead. I have a lot to say. So I've said this a couple of times this year, and it's because I'm a Garrett Cole stan. You you fucking blew another Garrett Cole (laughs) jam outing. He strikes out 11. He strikes out 11. Goes six innings. innings. Two hits. Gives up two hits. Six innings. One run. Only walks one. 11 strikeouts. 11 strikeouts. You get the lead in the six with three runs. And then the bullpen. Tommy Canely doesn't have it. Bases get loaded. They bring in Clay Holmes. He, he literally gives a sinker hanging in the middle of the zone on a goddamn platter. To CJ Crone. CJ Crone. Who's the best hitter in that lineup? <laughs> yeah. For the Grand Slam. And then you get some good stuff. The Yankees are able to tie the game. They go on to extras. In in extras, the youngsters get it done. You know, Volpe goes to steal. Cabrera singles into right field. It's a, it, they score because Volpe was trying was going to steal third anyway. And Peraza. Then, and then he steals Peraza with the RBI single. They 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 do it in extras, and then they give it right back up. There were some great things in this game, and then the horrible things. The bullpen, Ian Hamilton, what a performance! He goes two innings in the ninth and tenth, gets out of jams, is able to keep you know the Rockies' offense afloat, and then Nick Ramirez in the bottom of the eleventh just gives it right back up. Marinaccio gives up the home run. For the walk, for the walk off, there's uh, there's a couple of other things I want to talk about. This, the, you're right. This is the worst loss of the year. This is a bad Rockies team that you just continue to let teeter totter with you in, in extras. Your the bullpen's been so good all year. We continue to like every time they have a bad outing, be like, yeah, they've been so good all year. It's gonna happen. Not this time. The, the, this can't happen. This just can't happen. This is to take two out of three in Colorado. This is a series you need. You lose this game, you're in last place. The bullpen completely blows it. We love Canely. He's been great. A lot of it's on Canely. You bring in Clay. The hanger is just absolutely horrendous. And then there's also a couple other pieces because, like, in the ninth inning, when you do come back, 
they should have scored another run in that ninth inning to take the yeah. lead. Yeah, they but Peraza, with all the good things that he did do in the limited time he played in this game, the the horrible idea to tag up to third base on the Bader sack fly gets thrown out at third to end the inning. You had an opportunity to not just score the two runs to tie the game, but score again to take the lead and, and completely shut it down in the ninth. Some really, really bad stuff from this game, and this, you're right, it's the worst loss of the year, and I'm, I'm pretty... I'm pretty heated about it. It's a good point by Peraza. Because I, uh, I, I, I remember they were, now that I'm thinking, I'm remembering they were reviewing that call, and yeah, it was a shitty tag up. Bader also got thrown out when he uh, on a comebacker to the pitcher. That was, uh, that was a pretty big momentum killer. Um, in the last eight games, our, our saving grace of a bullpen, which, once again, all, if it wasn't for them this year, you know, who knows what this record would be. Uh, last eight games, 8-2-8 eight ERA. Um, not been. It was not definitely not their best series. Um, definitely not a good game three. Uh, Tommy Canley definitely not his best weekend at all. He gave up four runs this weekend. Um, yeah, uh, that was pretty pretty brutal. Uh, I'm I'm not gonna lie. I was I was frustrated. Um, you know, finally a game where your offense is able to come through. Um. You know, you know, like like the last couple innings, the the young, the kids come through. Um, you know, that's all like all you all you wrote up right there. Uh, you know, eleven strikeout performance from Garrett. I mean, yeah, bullpen blows it up. Not not more, not much more. Like you know, that's the like you can't do that. You can't against a bad Rockies team. You just can't. Um, I'm wondering if you know. I'm pretty pissed off at the fact that they did it. Um, you know, not that they have you know. A whole lot of options but you know you only used wandy once you, you know why you know i i get the reason why they went to nick ramirez in the 10th was because of the lefty matchup you could have had king you could have had king you could have had wandy you know i don't i these are the type of moves where you know there's a difference between just trusting like you know you can put your guys in because you trust them and you don't you don't want to kill their confidence by not putting your guys in at all for the rest of the year but like in games like that, you don't put Nick Ramirez in. You don't put Nick Ramirez in. And this is like the fifth time now. You get against the Mets, you put in Nick Ramirez. Uh, you put an Albert Abreu against I don't remember what team, but you put an Albert Abreu and he blew and he blew the game uh, in one of our earlier podcasts. You know, like these decisions are the reason why, like there's absolutely zero trust in the manager that we have because it's like, you know. You know, you can use the excuse that you don't want to burn out guys like Wandy and, you know, you don't want to use them too much, but not in games against the worst team in the league where, like, where you know, your your season's on the line now, where you're now you're now hanging on hanging by a thread in last place. You know, like, these are just not games you can just comfortably throw whoever the fuck you want out there. Like, that's just not how it works. Like, you need to win games. You need to close out games. And, you're, and he brings in these – and he brings in bad – and he brings in like, he brings in pitchers in bad times. He doesn't. Uh, Booney's pissing me off. I'm gonna be honest with you. Booney's Booney's really getting on my like last few strings, and I'm, this that that loss itself really, really aggravated me. Yeah, it was just a terrible game. I mean, you, I, I know Marinaccio gives up the walk off home run, but I mean, even against a lefty, you know, you, you go to Nick Ramirez before you go to Ronnie. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. I just, it to me, it's it, I. I, I <laughs> I yeah. just I don't get it, and it was just a, it was a terrible game to watch. I almost wish I was listening to it and not watching it because it was brutal. It was it was literally torture watching watching that game. It was 
It was just absolutely horrendous. And then, you know, this is this is the part of the schedule where they're supposed to eat, even without Judge. I mean, now they're going to go into L.A. against the Angels. The Angels are not playing very good baseball. They're about to trade Shohei Otani, possibly. You know, you know they're going to lose two out of three, and they're going to get the Angels going again. The Cubs, you should have you should have taken that series. You should have taken the Rockies series. I think they're playing KC after after the Angels. Uh, yes, can't see like me. this is this is the part of the schedule where you're supposed to eat, and instead we're still losing series. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. These are the worst teams, and you're losing to them. So, um, aside from really the blown game, the bullpen. I mean, a bullpen blow up. Um, I guess. Not really. Uh, the offense doesn't really do the greatest job scoring. Yeah, three for thirteen with runners in scoring position is not it's not good at all. Um, Rizzo had a Rizzo had a bases loaded opportunity that he completely blew in the first inning. That was that definitely set fans off. But uh, you know, Torres goes over three with runners in scoring position. That's you know pretty unacceptable. Um, you know, the offense doesn't really do like like I don't know. They didn't really do a whole lot. They they strung some hits together, but nothing really too much to you to really secure them the win right there which you know wasn't secured at all for sure but um yeah that was easily easily the worst loss of the year um you're now stuck you're now in last place this is that's 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 where you're at right now you're in fifth place in the AL East um you got LAA and then you got KC coming up so that's uh you know, what do you expect? You, you you expect four wins out of that, Cavi? Or, or are we, you know, you know, you got to win those two series, you know? I, I can't expect anything right now. This team's bad. You can't If you can't beat Colorado, how are you going to beat L.A.? L.A.'s better than Colorado. Shohei continues to hit home runs. I think he hit his 34th last night. Like, you, like I, you can't expect anything right now. This team is not good. This team is not good. 100%. 100%. This is not a good team. This is... Actually, yeah, 100%. This is probably the, the... I Would would you say this is the worst you felt? In, like, a while, at least? Um... Yeah, I, don't know, I mean, pretty, eh, I don't know. I mean, it, it is tough, because, like, with Judge, this might be different. So, like... But that's such, know, that's, such a, that's such a... That's such a shitty narrative. I hate that with, with Judge, because it's just, like... When when is Judge gonna be there? Because if that's gonna be our saving grace, then you know, I don't I don't understand that. I hate that that's I just I don't I hate that that's our like that that's that's the front office's plan too. You know, win around Judge. Wait, wait till Judge Judge comes back. That's your plan. Don't like it. Um, but yeah, uh, Yankees now in fifth place. We got LAA coming up. Um, so yeah, not really like a whole lot of expectations out of that. Just you know, just gotta win. Gotta gotta figure it out. Um. Let's see who we got going on. We got Severino, Herman, and Rodon uh, in the lineup for uh, the Angels. So Severino needs a big bounce back, that's for sure. Um, he's not been on his at all a good stretch. Um, Herman, we'll see what he can do, and then Rodon, see if he can come back and uh, after that second start and kind of start piecing it all together. Um, we're gonna start posting more on Twitter. We're gonna start posting more now that we finally got you know vacations out of the way. Summer's starting to kind of get more clear you know now we're kind of getting on a better schedule um podcasts are going to be going out as much as they possibly can now um posts are going to be going out so we're going to be we're going to be finally uh, on our on our b plus a game uh so that's uh that's that's a good sign just want to throw it out throw that out there right now check us out on the socials at the bronx lounge we're on twitter instagram 
we will be on TikTok. We will be on all that. YouTube coming soon. Figuring it all out. Streams are going to be coming soon. But, uh, yeah, Yankees, pretty disappointed. Cabby, you got anything else? Yeah, we root for a fifth-place New York Yankees baseball team, and the Red Sox <laughs> play the Athletics at the beginning of the week. So we will nice. most likely be in fifth place the next time we speak as well. Yep, that's uh, that's pretty fun. The next time we speak will be Thursday, July 20th. That is going to wrap it up for the Bronx Lounge. For Cavi, I am Keith, and let's go Yanks.